Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, where it's my job to introduce you to people from the world of commercial property. We're talking with investors and thought leaders about their experiences of the commercial property world and sharing our own lessons from the last 20 years to give you practical know-how so that you can follow in their footsteps. If you've ever thought commercial could be your next step, but it just seems too confusing and opaque, then you've come to the right place. There are so many exciting opportunities in this dynamic sector, and I'm looking forward to pulling back the curtain and sharing them with you. Property Investor Podcast, and I'm your host, Jerry Alexander. One of my key purposes of this podcast is to help residential investors move over to commercial property investing with some knowledge and understanding of how the market actually works. You see, there's not much material out there for the private commercial investors that is provided by actual investors. Often, the material you can find is written up by commercial property professionals and advisors. And whilst this information can be really helpful, it's not from the point of view of the private commercial property investor. So it can lack context that is pertinent to you and I investing our own hard-earned money, our time, and of course, sometimes other people's money. And even though I've been involved in commercial property for over 15 years, I still recognise that every day is a school day. I'm learning all the time. In fact, doing this podcast for just over a year has really made me think about what I've learned over the last 20 odd years of property investing and it's actually forced me to articulate it in a way that is understandable and digestible. And this kind of self-reflection has actually led to more clarity for my own business. So it's been worth it just for my own progress. But hopefully it's been useful to you too, our listeners. Thank you for joining us during what has been clearly one of the weirdest years yet. In fact, In this week's episode, I want to reflect a little bit on what has happened over the last 12 months since we started the show, give you an update on what has been going on more recently, plus an indication of what I think might happen as we move through to the other side. This is all relating to inquiry levels and trends in the the marketplace. And my last full update was just before the turn of the year, and we were just about to enter another national lockdown here in the UK. So for those of you listening to this a little bit further into the future, let me remind you of the current backdrop at the end of March 2021, where we are right now. In the UK, dates on the potential lifting of restrictions were announced at the end of February this year, and other parts of the UK followed suit, albeit with different timescales and interpretations of what's best for people, businesses, and and of course their own political careers, but let's leave that. Since that time, businesses have had a little bit more certainty of what to expect. So that's translated into more inquiries for us. And importantly, more businesses willing to actually make commitments. There may, of course, be more starts and stops to come along yet as we go through this year. But it has been really interesting to see that when decisions or at least announcements are made, it does translate into changes in the marketplace. And of course, it's really important to stress, I am relaying what we found in our small part of the world. Some of the trends, though, will match other countries and territories, maybe where you are. So you just have to continue to reflect on how things are in your part of the world right now and how they're likely to play out. 
Remember, macroeconomics will have an impact on your activities, but not as much as local market dynamics of supply and demand. So, let's get into some sectors. Let's talk about industrial and storage. What's happening to us and what do I think is happening in the market? Well, both of these markets, industrial storage, are remaining particularly strong. And the knock-on effect of the industrial market strength is a continuing suppression of expected yields, which in normal speak means higher prices and lower returns to us as investors. Occupied investment properties, those that have a tenant, are selling quickly, and even some that don't have tenants, and the multiples are really high. It seems there's plenty of money willing to buy a low yield, and I guess that's because money's still really cheap, and you can see why it would be attractive to individuals with some money sloshing around to try and buy that income. But having said that, there are still opportunities for us to pick up deals out there too. Some I've looked at recently have been the larger and older properties where investors may feel there's just that little bit more risk, or it's that old chestnut about finding something with a partial income. We are on the lookout right now for a large unit split down, there's no doubt about that. And we have done it in the past and, and it did work well and I really want to do that again. So that's something that we're trying to do. And our own experience of lettings and occupancy of our industrial and storage stock is still very strong. In fact, our facilities are still 100% occupied. And over the piece, over the year, trickle of self-storage container move-outs are still happening. And people have then been replaced, though. Before we get the keys back, generally the next client is ready to move in. So it's been a steady, strong market. Because the market is strong, I think that might spell opportunity, though, in other sectors that are not doing so well. But I'm going to come back onto that later on. So what about office space? Well, a big chunk of our turnover does come from offices and work studios. Our portfolio of single occupier spaces ranges from units of as small as 90 square feet in some cases, where there's just room for one person to get their head down, close the door and work, all the way up to um, 10,000 square feet. However, we concentrate a lot on providing those smaller spaces for businesses of between, say, 1 and 10 people, somewhere in there. And a lot of them are the 1s, 2s, 3s and 4s. And because of the nature of our license agreements, we always have a churn of customers every year. I don't think this year has seen any more of this than normal. But what has happened is the replacement of those customers with new clients, in other words, kind of the backfilling, if you will, has been slower or at least intermittent compared to normal. So some of our properties have a slightly larger vacancy than they normally would but some have remained at very close to 100% occupancy. What's been interesting, as I said earlier on, to notice is that each time we hear talk of a lifting of restrictions, that translates into the number of inquiries increasing and the number of clients actually committing to space also increasing, which is a really important metric. I mean, it's fine having people come in and kicking tires, but what you really want is commitments. And my personal view remains the same, which is that there is a large amount of pent-up demand out there, and once certainty begins to return, the activity will follow suit. So since that announcement back at the start of February, our inquiry numbers have definitely gone up, as have our lettings. Now, at the moment, there's a bit more discussion out there about, well, we might not be able to book a summer holiday, 
and oh, you know, there's a third wave going on over in Europe, so it might come over here. In fact, not even might, it will come over here. We will be affected by that. So that may again slow things up. But once we get to the other side, I do believe there's quite a lot of pent-up demand there. And as I've mentioned previously, last time around, during the financial crisis of 2008, 9, 10, the number of inquiries for flexible space increased substantially. We got a fairly vacant building back then, and as soon as we redeveloped space, we let it. It was a really strong market. And that was because businesses didn't want to commit to long-term leases. They wanted flexibility with size, commitments to contract duration and the capex expenditure, the money they're actually spending on, on developing out space. If somebody else has done it for them, they don't need to spend that capital. They can keep it in their little piggy bank just in case there's another rainy day. And I think those things are going to continue when we get out of this current crisis. There will be that pent-up demand and those businesses that come to the end of leases and need something more flexible. So far, we have seen an increase in the number of companies and organisations looking for new space to either consolidate or indeed to grow. And they're looking for more flexible offerings. A number of those inquiries have actually been quite large for us with several over 5,000 square foot, which is slightly unusual. So it's interesting to see that trend. None of those have actually committed yet, though, I have to say. But I do think that that will come soon. These guys do seem to be keen to make those moves. They've just not quite got to a point where they're pressing the button yet. But we'll see. I'll keep you updated. The space requirement for the one and two person spaces, though, has largely remained undiminished. Except in the deeper, darker stages of the first lockdown when most people didn't even leave the home. That really was a quieter time. But During the rest of the year, those one and two person spaces have still been popular, particularly for people, of course, that maybe have been forced to work from home or close to home, and actually they can't work at home. So they're looking for a one person cubicle where they can get away from everybody and everything and get some work done. So how will this relate to you? Well, you have to get out there and do your own research for where you are. However, I think it's a fairly good bet that demand for those smaller spaces will continue to be strong, particularly as we come out of this pandemic. Don't forget, this too shall pass. And the opportunities are going to be heightened for finding buildings to invest in as well. So you're going to have that double whammy. There's the opportunity to buy buildings that might be at discount. And if you're making the right offer out to customers, there'll be customers there to fill them. So it's about finding those buildings reconfiguring the spaces to suit those trends and providing them or marketing them to customers that are looking for those types of spaces. And I think it's a double whammy. I saw it back in 2008 and 9, you could get cheaper buildings and more customers to fill them. It was a win-win. Now, the big piece about office space, of course, is that there's a seemingly constant debate right now on whether the trend for homeworking is going to hugely upset disrupt the office space market, even after lockdowns are eased? Well, it's a big topic, and I'm going to save that discussion for another podcast. should be coming out very soon, but it's a big debate and one that deserves a little bit more time than a fleeting visit in this episode. Suffice to say, though, I am quite excited about what's happening there and the opportunities we can exploit as commercial investors. So don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on that episode. It's bound to be the week when you get distracted, 
and you forget to tune in, why would you risk missing another enthralling episode of the Commercial Property Investor podcast? I can't understand, but I know from looking at the download analytics that some listeners haven't actually subscribed yet. I know it's appalling. It's appalling. But anyway, let's move on to retail. Let me begin by saying we don't really have any retail per se ourselves and certainly no high street shops, but we do have quite a number of customers that operate in that B2C world. So business to consumer or customer from our locations and their clients come to see them on an appointment basis. So this includes a lot of the therapies and therapeutic businesses, including things like chiropractors, beauticians, nail bars, tattoo artists, sports injury clinics, psychologists and so on. And lockdowns have affected those businesses too, of course. But as some have left, others have moved in. And this was a growth trend before the pandemic, and in my opinion, it will certainly continue to grow. People want to spend money on making themselves feel good and beautiful. As a wee tip for you, no matter where you are in the world, take a look at your target market and work out if there's a provision for these types of businesses, or are they spread out all over the place? Because if there isn't a current central location where they can all group together, and maybe you could go and do that. And it is a great niche to get started in, particularly if you have your own business providing one of those types of services, because birds of a feather flock together. You could attract a number of complementary businesses to move in alongside your offering if you're in that space. If it is an opportunity for you, then get in touch. We can definitely help you work out how to make that happen. It's something we've done in a couple of different locations. And it can be great leverage to get your commercial property journey started by using your current business to be an occupant for that type of space. Now, let's talk about the bigger retail sector, of course. And clearly the damage at the higher end is continuing with really large store closures, department store closures and large retail space becoming vacant. And that's certainly in the headlines. But don't let that push you away from looking for opportunities in this sector. Let's just remind ourselves of a couple of the trends. So, number one, people are really keen to shop local. That's one of the things that's come out of this pandemic. People are keen to support and shop local. There is a general group think that retail is not a place to invest. So prices are depressed. That's the second point. And the third one is online sales, of course, are increasing all the time which is in part increasing the demand for industrial space, which we were talking about earlier on. The fourth thing is that industrial market doesn't have enough space. There's not enough supply there. And then the fifth one is there are some relaxations of planning rules going on in the UK and and more to come in certain parts of the UK, which is something not to miss, of course. So let me dig a little bit deeper into that. We know there are increasing opportunities to convert some upper floors in retail spaces to residential and to then either do the same to the ground floor or let that out as a smaller, more manageable retail space to a new tenant. But is there a way to fuse the challenge with over-demand in warehousing and industrial with these vacant retail spaces? Now, I know that some units will not suit this and regulations might make it problematic. However, You can't tell me that the odd retail unit that has one of those really deep floor plates with windows up the front and no other windows couldn't be divided up into a smaller retail unit at the front to support one of those local businesses that needs a smaller size unit. I mean, there is demand for that, but just not for the big, huge ones. And then 
you make the remainder of the space available to someone or a business that might have looked for something industrial in the past. Now, of course, access and transport links are going to be critical to making this happen, but it could be possible for some spaces to be converted this way. The glazed space at the front continues to be retail, in a smaller form, as I say, which suits today's demands. And then the larger space at the back could become a space for that last mile distribution hub or storage or warehouse packing and picking operation or even a dark kitchen, which you may have heard of. There's other things to use that space that doesn't necessarily need windows. Now, as I say, there's going to be some restrictions around access and all that sort of stuff. You're going to have to work that out and you're going to have to work out about fire restrictions. And can the person in the retail unit at the front do they need exit at the back? Is there enough distance between the very back of that unit to the front door so they don't need that extra exit? There's lots of things like that. And then services such as the toilet core and things like that. So not every unit will work, but there will be some that will. And alternatively, could you offer serviced retail space? Now, this is something a wee bit different, isn't it? And we have serviced accommodation and serviced offices or workspaces. So so why couldn't you have a service retail space? Just a thought. I appreciate there have been different models out there, whereas indoor markets or department stores with concessions. But maybe that model could be just slightly tweaked. One of the key things, of course, is business rates or property taxes. And if there is where you are some support for smaller businesses with that type of tax, then maybe if you split up a larger space into lots of little units, then that takes care of the rates or the, the property tax situation. But also it's that thing about bringing lots of different businesses together in the same place. But you have to make it an attractive place, of course. But there is, I think, going to be opportunity for service retail. The service offering has now moved into lots of different areas. Serviced apartments, serviced offices, serviced workspace. Why not serviced retail? Just another thought. So get your thinking cap on. While some investors are running the other direction and disruption continues, opportunities will thrive. So this has been another episode that's forced me to think through things about what we're doing. So thank you for the therapy. It's been a pleasure. Don't forget the Facebook group. If you haven't already sought us out on Facebook, then look for the Commercial Property Investor page and click on the Join Group button, facebook.com forward slash Commercial Property Investor. There are a growing number of people and businesses in there, investors, some of which are just trying to learn and get started and some of which are doing deals and sharing those experiences in the group. So it's a, it's a great place, a safe place to go and learn about this topic. And if you are getting more serious about investing in commercial property and you think I could help, then just reach out and we can have a chat. You can find contact details in the show notes or indeed if you go to our website, commercialpropertyinvestor.co.uk, we'll also get some details there. So that wraps up really how I see things moving forward, what's happened to us in the last 12 months with the different types of space we have and some of the trends. So I hope that helps give you a picture of what we've been doing. It may not be exactly what's happening in your market, but I think there'll definitely be some similarities. So let me leave you with one final thought. You do miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Get out there, study some deals, get some cheeky offers in and push yourself forward. Commercial's a great space to be in. So come and join us. Look forward to speaking to you again very soon. 